Hello and welcome to another episode of the Socialistics Podcast, Social Media Agency Stories. Uh, I'm excited about our guest today, a really unique theme topic that I can relate with. Uh, Today we have Daniel Vivarelli from Starloop.com. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jason. Absolutely. So let's just get right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your history, uh, what you're doing, all that good stuff, and we'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I guess you could call me a classic uh, pizza, really. You know, I was born in Canada to French-Italian parents, raised in Australia, and I've been, you know, taking advantage of my nomadic internet lifestyle to travel the world with my family whilst building a, what I believe is to be a really great business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm the founder at Starloop.com. We create software that helps local businesses get reviews on sites like Google and Facebook. And for every review that we help them get, we plant a tree. Uh, I think we just recently passed the 55,000 reviews wow. one and 55,000 trees planted milestone. That is really cool. What, um, tell me like what, what brought you to that idea? Like what, like what, what in your life, um, your experiences and, and how did you come to starting this business and wanting to kind of integrate kind of a philanthropic element to what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, you know, gr- growing up, my formative years was on the North shore of Sydney. So right on the coast, um, I was a sea scout too. So I got to do a lot of camping, a lot of sailing, a lot of surfing. I think, um, that just really connected me to the planet and to nature. And the older that I got, you know, it's just about realizing that because I'm such a nerd, right? I started thinking about our biosphere basically as the operating system for the planet. Like OS Earth is the biosphere, just mm-hmm. this very thin layer of life that's on, on top of the planet. And, you know, th- you don't have to look around very far these days to see that we're kind of making a mess of things. You know, I don't want to bump people out, but we're clear cutting forests. We're dumping so much trash into the oceans and all the rest of it. So we can be doing a lot better. And when I turned 40, uh, you know, I came up with a personal mission that I want to plant a million trees before I die. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. I'm just a firm believer. If you set your intention that God, the universe, whatever, will start to connect things for you if your intentions are true and if they're strong. And so sure enough, um, a couple of years later, I'd started this project with um, helping our clients get online reviews. We were trying to get more reviews because it's a busy world out there. You ask somebody to write a review, well, then, you know, cross your fingers and hope that on the list of a thousand things that are a priority in their life that they're going to slot you in somewhere to take the time to do that. And we were, well, we were doing okay, but I felt like we could do better. I kind of had an aha moment of like, what if we plant a tree? And as it turns out, um, that increased conversion rates in the way that we wanted them to. So everybody was winning. Uh, Our clients were getting more reviews that helped them attract more business and increase their sales because human beings being human beings, we gravitate generally to the highest rated, most reviewed option available to us in any given marketplace. Um, So they were getting what they want and I was selfishly getting what I want, which was, you know, one tree closer to getting my million trees planted. So win-win for everybody. That's awesome. I'm just kind of curious in terms of how do you, how do you facilitate something like that? Like do you partner with an outside organization and just kind of invest in that sort of thing? Like, and really the, the, the genesis of this question is really more around agency owners or potential agency owners or, or folks that are looking to start a business, technology, service-based, 
you know, the complexity mm-hmm. of being able to integrate some sort of philanthropic element. Um, I'm just kind of curious about how you were able to kind of do that and how complex that might have been. Yeah, for sure. So I had discovered a company called uh, Ecosia, and they were a search engine who basically was white labeling Bing. <laughs> so they, they did a deal with Microsoft or Yahoo or whoever owns Bing at the time and just said, look, mm-hmm. can we use um, your search engine? We're going to put a logo on it. And for every X amount of ad revenue dollars that we get, we're going to plant a tree. And so that, that to me kind of amongst other things started rewiring my brain on what business could be like that business could be used as a force for good. And that along with um, the story of Tom's shoes, are you familiar with those guys? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Tom's was the other business that rewired my brain with their whole premise of uh, buy one, give one for your listeners who don't know, um, be surprised if they don't, because it's such a huge brand now. But the premise behind Tom's shoes is you buy a pair of shoes and they'll give away a pair of shoes to a kid who needs a pair of shoes, predominantly in places like Africa and Asia. And so uh, Tom's for me was just a kind of like a moon landing moment. You know, you hear old people like going, you know, I remember where I was when, you know, man landed on the moon for me. I like, mm. I remember where I was when I first heard about Tom's cause I was like, well, that's crazy. Like the world does not need another shoe company. Like when Tom's showed up, there was already like a hundred thousand shoe companies on planet earth mm-hmm. and they come along with this very remarkable premise. And next thing you know, like, I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a I don't know how much it's worth, but it's worth a lot. Like they, yeah. they managed to win market share on the back of, well, smart execution for sure, but on the back of a really great, remarkable promise. And so, yeah, for me, that started just like opening my eyes to what's possible. That business doesn't just need to be about cash, that it could be a bit more holistic and that, um, that that to me also meant that I could dovetail two of my most favorite subjects in the world, which is you know, ecology and entrepreneurship. Yeah. No, I love that. That's so, such a cool um, concept and idea. So uh, when, uh, how, how long has Starloop.com been in business? And uh, tell me a little bit more about um, just, uh, I, I, I've seen a lot of, you know, online review platforms. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of curious about, aside from obviously the philanthropic side of what you're doing and planting a tree with every review, um, are there other things that you guys do specifically that's unique, different, um, and then just kind of go into a little bit about, um, you know, the importance of having an online review strategy and what that can mean for, for a business. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'd say one of the things that we do that, or at least that was a little bit different the tree planting, I think we're still the only one that's doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, and sure. that was something that we started like five years ago, um, as an agency, actually, that's when, how the concept started. We've only been a software as a service company for about a year. Um, oh, okay. I, yeah, I basically pivoted the agency. It was like, all right, like it's been fun to travel the world and you know have a great lifestyle business, but I want to get serious about. It. So I brought on CTO and we developed our platform, Starlip 2.0, from the ground up. Um, aside from that, uh, what was the second part of your question? Sorry. Just you know um, how or why businesses should. taking seriously the idea of having a a tool like yours to kind of consistently be building up their, their online reviews as opposed to, you know, what else they might otherwise be doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Look, I'm super biased, so you got to take everything I say with a grain of salt. But I think sure. if like if if you stack up like a hundred of any of your typical tools of the trade in digital marketing, so a hundred cold emails or even a hundred warm emails for that fact, hundred tweets, hundred Facebook posts, hundred Instagram posts, or a hundred online reviews on Google, for example, like just in my experience, most people can't do social very well. So a hundred mm -hmm. Facebook posts is not going to really impact their bottom line. Mm -hmm. And plus creating a hundred Facebook posts, man, I'm getting tired just thinking about the amount of work that would need to go into that. Mm -hmm. But a hundred reviews on Google for a lot of businesses, that could be the difference between them struggling and them absolutely thriving in the phone ringing off the hook. What, um, so can you take, uh, I know some, I mean, I, I kind of understand conceptually how a platform mm -hmm. like yours works, but can you just from a high level kind of help, you know, somebody that might be listening that knows that they need to do better with it. What, what conceptually does your, your, your product do that's going to help them um, with, with this, just, you know, take them through that. Sure. Sure. Think of Starloop as a way to essentially systemize the most important part of reputation management, or at least what I believe is the most important part, which is review acquisition. There's a lot of aspects to reputation management, but quite frankly, the thing in my experience that will boost sales the most is the acquisition of the most reviews, genuine real reviews as you possibly can. And to ideally create a huge gap between yourself and the second option. And so, for example, you know, we have one of our members who's been with us um, since our initial beta test. I mean, he started with two Google reviews. His, mm -hmm. he, he, had, he had one guy that he employed and he was struggling to keep him busy. Um, asked if we could help him back then. I wasn't so confident because we were still like crazy ideas around planting trees and getting reviews. I don't sure. know if it would work. Right. Yeah. I said, look, we got this beta test. You want to jump on board? You're welcome to, um, look, by the time he got a hundred reviews, uh, life had completely changed for this guy's struggling business. By the time he hit 200 reviews, he'd hired an extra, an extra guy and, at last check, he was at 1,400 Google reviews. They're called odds on home inspection services. If anybody wants mm -hmm. to check them out, odds on home inspection. Um, but for about every 200 reviews that he's gotten, he's had to hire an extra home inspector. I think they're up to a team of nine now. And that's just based wow. on the back of their online reputation. That's yeah. amazing. You, uh, something you had said earlier, I didn't want to kind of uh, run the flow of our conversation, but I want to go back to it. You had said, uh, I'm curious a little bit about, you said you were an agency or it sounded like you're service-based before you, tr you pivoted to um, technology platform software as a service. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me a little about what, what you did before and what was your reasoning for making that transition. And on top of that, I'm kind of curious about, it sounded like that the tree planting thing existed in that previous world, which I'm kind of curious about how that worked as well. Um, sorry, I need, can you ask the first part of the question again? Yeah, just I'm I'm curious about what you what you were doing at before um, Starloop.com. It sounded like you were an agency or service. So what were you doing before, and what was the reasoning for that transition? Yeah, yeah, I was you know a classic jack of all local digital marketing guy. Like you wave some money at me to solve a problem, then I would figure it out. You know, if it's mm -hmm. a, a local HVAC company that needed to run some Google ads, 
sure, you, you know, I'm not expert at it, but I, I'll muddle through and I'll figure it out. I'll find some people, that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. my, my background, though, the way it all got started is I was a kind of a cliche in the late 90s. I was a snowboarding web designer. That's how I kind of got my toe in, in the water as far as um, doing anything digital. Uh, mm. I, I like a lot of young guys at the time, um, I was doing my best to stay self-employed, not have a boss and en enjoy a really good lifestyle. And um, yeah, one thing led to another. Um, but I quickly figured out that I didn't really want to trade time for money anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I realized that I could trade value for money, which is, uh, I think, just a beautiful equation. It really um, frees us from having to turn the mill in order to have you know, money actually coming in. Um, so yeah, uh, around, I don't know, it must have been seven years ago or something like that. Do you remember when Google first launched the reviews for, for businesses? Mm -hmm. Like they, Google yeah. didn't ask anybody, like, can we do this? They just flipped a switch and, you know, for tens of millions of businesses around the planet who had never been beholden to reviews in their lives before, you know, local plumber, local accountant, hairdresser, they're like, you know, finding out like people are saying stuff about you guys online and leaving you a, a star rating. And they're like, what the heck? And you got to think too, like, like Jason, you, I'm sure you've worked with enough local businesses that part of you, like part of your heart goes out to them that they've got now yet another digital thing that they have to contend with when they're just yeah. like trying to get their head around all the digital stuff that they've had to already and whilst they're some of the most time poorest people on the planet you know self-employed people mm -hmm. so yeah i saw that happen but it wasn't until a year or two later that uh i really just started to understand how much of an impact the reviews were having on sales and the the aha moment for me, I think, was a, a paper published by a guy called Michael Luca called um, Online Reviews and Reputation, The Case for Yelp.com. He's a professor at Harvard School of Business. And I mean, this this is a paper that would put an insomniac to sleep, you know, like it's mm -hmm. super boring. Like, but for a guy like me, I just I, I was like going, this is insane. Like what he had discovered, and I'm paraphrasing here because this is going back five, six years when I read this, but he discovered that um by taking publicly available tax filing data from the state of Washington and correlating that with their the same businesses Yelp's star reviews he could see that businesses that had managed to increase their star rating um by one star had revenue increases something in the vicinity of 15%. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, damn, like that's insane and that's just Yelp. Like I I know that Yelp's Yelp's a big deal for like certain industries but it's not a big deal for a lot of them in fact you know there's a lot of play, a lot of types of professions that people would never go to help first to search for they are definitely going to head to google as the first port of call to find a lot of different kinds of businesses and so I thought to myself, well, if, if Yelp if a star increase on Yelp is having that kind of an impact like Google must just be yeah the thing that's going to really really make the phone ring and sure enough like the smart businesses like for over the last five years who have somehow caught on to this they're they're just like stealthily executing one of the smartest most lucrative marketing campaigns in plain sight of their competitors like their competitors probably have no idea why their phones are ringing less and less. And Joe down the road is just looking always like he's just 
got too much work to handle. And at some point they're going to jump online and go, well, oh, damn, like, yeah, he's got 359 reviews and we're sitting on two. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're going to connect the dots eventually because it's just that profound the impact it can have. Yeah. So I have a selfish question for you because this is what's really interesting to me that's come out of this conversation is, and I can relate to your, your, your journey um, in terms of, I love what you said about, you know, trading your time for money. I can totally relate. You know, the agency space is super competitive. It's a grind, you know, having to consistently, you know, find new clients and manage those relationships. You know, I'm not where you were at quite yet, but I could see myself getting there. And I always think about, man, what's, what's going to be the next thing that I do that's maybe, you know, not having to deal in a similar type of environment. Um, so what I'm really curious about is, Obviously, there's a lot of people or businesses that do what you do in terms of online review management. I've experienced them. I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the true differentiator for you when you kind of decided to to launch Starloop.com? Did you really was was the differentiator the planting a tree thing? Was it was it really was that really what you? would attest to the success that you've had and the growth that you've had as a business? Is it, is it really come down to that? I mean, obviously it assumes that you're delivering on the technology side and it's doing mm-hmm. what you say, like, but is, is it, are you doing what everybody else is doing and the real differentiator in terms of your growth? Is that the, that philanthropic piece? Is that really what's been able to have separate you and allow you to kind of do what you're doing? Yes and no. And it's a two-part answer to this. I mean, look, it doesn't hurt that we do have this very compelling differentiator, as you call it. Um, Mm -hmm. I like the term that Seth Godin uses for this kind of stuff of purple cow, you know, this purple cow story. Mm -mm, Never heard that one. No. So Seth Godin, um, he has this premise of like, when it comes to marketing, you want to come up with a purple cow. And what's a purple cow? He's like, well, imagine you're driving down the highway and there's cows. He's like, you would never stop and take a picture of a cow. Why? Because cows are are boring. But if you were driving down the highway and you saw like a bright purple cow, you'd be like, damn, there's a purple cow. Like you would pull over and like get a selfie and the whole deal, right? And so the tree planting for us is our purple cow and that doesn't hurt on a whole bunch of levels, whether it's attracting new members, getting new talent or having people who are interested to chat to me like yourself today. Um, But here's the thing. Even if we didn't have the tree planting, I still would have given this a go because, look, I came from a – I spent 10 years living in a town of – a small town, and Mm -hmm. it boggled my brain that it seemed like every two to three years a new hamburger joint would open up. And I'm like, there's already like 20 hamburger Mm -hmm. joints in this town of 30,000 people. Like what the heck's going on? Is there room for another one, you know? And, and I really do believe that, like, if, if somebody's just passionate, if they've got an idea or a concept or, and they just feel like it's time for them to execute, like, just go for it, just punch it. Like you'll figure something, you'll figure something out, a way to stand out and sell a burger, fries and Coke, just like everybody else. Just put your twist on it, you know? Yeah. No, I love that. Um, yeah, I think about that. I often find myself sometimes paralyzed like i'll have an idea but i'll just be like ah man i'm pretty already doing that and and mm-hmm. but at the same time it's 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 pretty rare to for somebody to invent or do something that's never been done before it's exactly. pretty pretty rare it's it's really about you know figuring out what you're passionate about and figuring out what what's going to make you different or unique that you're going to be able to compete with so yeah i can totally and- see how the i'll oh, go ahead 
I was going to say, yeah, and just kind of based on like um, the the sort of pre-conversation that we had, I want to jump in on, on that of figuring out what how to make one unique and how to make one have that point of differentiation that gives them the competitive advantage. And if it is going to revolve around something that I believe is uh, for social environmental good, um, like I know this is going to sound woo and it's going to sound naive and really optimistic, but I, I believe that's the, pretty much the way forward for every single business. And that businesses yeah. that don't start figuring out this piece are going to start getting left behind in the dust. I remember hearing about this um, lawyer and he was, I don't know if he was like doing family law, like divorces, wills and estates, uh, real estate contracts, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I can't remember what the, tipping point was or the trigger but at at certain x amount of whatever contracts or something he would go to walmart he would buy a bike and he would take it to a local orphanage and he had i don't know a counter which was like 147 bikes delivered you know Mm -hmm. and and I, i always found that really remarkable because think about like in any given town, there's countless number of lawyers to choose from, and they're all saying the same thing. We're a good law firm. You should trust us. Give us a call. But now, like, this guy is most likely, I would imagine, in his community, being talked about at barbecues, at dinner time, yeah. at water coolers, you name it. Like, the amount of good for his business that's being done for by him doing good for his community will be immeasurable and probably pay him back a hundredfold. So I think quite honestly, it's up to every business to find a KPI that's something more than just dollars and to mm-hmm. go go all in on that. Yeah. No, I love that. This has been interesting because I'm starting to think like we do, we have our socialistic cares program, which I think is um, kind of our first, you know, way of trying to figure out how to have something like this in a, in a service-based environment. But now mm-hmm. I'm starting to question, is there is there a better way or more impactful way to do something? Um, so it's got my wheels kind of turning a little bit in nice. terms of what, what could that look like? And, you know, trying to kind of zero in on something that's maybe a little bit more specific or, or tangible as opposed to just kind of a general kind of approach. So mm-hmm. super interesting stuff. I, I really love what you're doing. Um, I couldn't agree more about the online reputation piece. It's a huge component to, to what we do and what we advise for our clients. I'm definitely going to take a harder look at what you guys are doing. Um, and seeing if that's a good fit, uh, that we can, cool. uh, you know, partner on for sure. But, uh, anything that I didn't ask you that, uh, you might want to throw in that, that relates to our conversation before we, uh, we wrap things up. Mm, let me think here. No, I mean, I think we kind of covered it. If, you know, if it's a local business that's listening, Look, yeah. regardless of whether you guys are considering StarLoopTalk.com or not, if, if you're a local business, I beg you, like, just if you haven't got a solution in place to get reviews, like, just start taking this seriously. You don't want to wake up a year, two, three years from now with figuring out that you're at the back of the pack for all your competitors when it comes to reviews and reputation. I really want to implore business owners to think about how they shop. Like, think about how you shop. You go, like, even if it's just Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, you will gravitate towards the highest rated products on Amazon. You're not looking for perfect. You're just looking for something that has a healthy ratio of positive to negative reviews, and that's yeah. going to get you to transact. Well, 
in ev in every town USA for every profession, there's somebody typing in, you know, hairdresser and accountant and CrossFit gym and plumber, and they're deciding who to call first using the exact same basic yeah. human psychology. So yeah, that's the last thing I would listen. I would leave your your listeners with just get on it. It takes time yeah. to build this to build a reputation. And um, every day that slips by where you don't have a strategy or a game plan in place is a day that your competitors can pull further ahead. Yeah, no, I love it. No, that's awesome stuff. Um, well, that's awesome. I really appreciate uh, your time having you on the show. Uh, some really insightful stuff. Where can uh, uh, people find you, your business, all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah. So starloop.com and just hello at starloop.com if they want to reach me. Okay. Awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really awesome stuff for the audience and myself for that matter. So uh, thanks so much for, for joining us today. Pleasure, Jason. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And that'll do it for this uh, week's episode of Socialistics. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Uh, show notes, I'll have everything in there we talked about today. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next episode. All right.